Welcome to A Plus Ed Tech. My name is Ashley McBride, and I'm an instructional technology facilitator in the state of North Carolina. This is episode number two and three-part episode about blogging in your classroom. This episode is going to focus on planning your blog. When you are planning your blog, there are a few different considerations you need to make before you actually start implementing it in the classroom. The first thing is, what kind of schedule do you plan to use? Now, this is important because you want to make sure to have your students know what they need to expect. And just because you set up a certain type of schedule at the beginning of the year doesn't mean that you can't go back later and change it. This just gives your students an idea as to what you're expecting from them up front. There are a couple of different ways that you can schedule blogs. The first one is a time-based blog. And what I mean by time-based is that you tell the students you need to post this many times in this time period. So you might decide that they need to post weekly, bi-weekly, monthly, or even just quarterly. Now, if you choose time-based, this might be best served if you're having them doing reading logs, if you have students doing journals, if you have students doing uh, blogs on current events, or just different activities that they're doing in class if you want them to reflect on a certain lesson of the week. One thing I want you to consider if you choose time-based you will need to actually look at them. So when I started using blogs in the classroom, I made a big mistake of having students write a blog every single week. That was 135 students that I had, and there was only one me, and that was 135 blogs I had to read every single week. It got a little rough after a while, I won't lie. So that's when I saw my mistake, and I went in and I kind of pulled back on that a little bit. So be advised that if you don't like the schedule you first choose, you can always change it. Another type of schedule you could use for your blogs would be assignment-based, and this is something that you don't have to quite plan for in advance. This could be more along the lines of, we've been working on this assignment and I'd like you to post it on your blog, so you could make sure that you're focused on uh, specific big projects, or you could have assignments planned for each unit that students use their blogs for maybe reflection. You could have them use it for writing assignments, maybe fictional stories, or for discussing current events. Um, But this is more along the lines of, I'm not going to tell you that you have to do this once a week or once a month, but I am going to tell you that, hey, this assignment goes on your blog and it's due on this date at this time. Another consideration you could make is called quad blogging. Now quad blogging is done when you set it up with multiple classes. If you are an elementary school teacher who is looking at using blogs, you could do this in a partnership with another teacher. So what quad blogging allows you to do is it allows you to focus on a specific class once every week or once every month. So if you're an elementary teacher, then you would do this with a partner. So for example, I'm a fifth grade teacher. I'm not a fifth grade teacher, but if I were a fifth grade teacher, then I might partner up with the fifth grade teacher next door. My kids might work on their blog one week and her kids and my kids would read those blogs 
that week. The next week, her kids might post on their blogs, and then both of our classes would look at the blogs for her class. This provides a bigger audience for students to write comments, and it also allows for the teacher to have a little bit of a break so you're not grading so much so fast. If you're a secondary teacher, you can do this in your own uh, set of classes. So for example, you might have your first period uh, post one week, and then the next week you might have second period, and the week after that third period, and, and so on and so forth. What this allows you to do is it allows you to focus on grading one class, and it allows all the other classes to provide comments for the class that is posting. So they get more readers and students are able to focus on uh, specific classes or on fewer blogs. Because if you're a secondary teacher and you have everybody turn in at the same time, then you've got 135 blogs and that's 135 kids only wanting to read one or two blogs a piece and that's going to provide less comments for the other students. So that's called quad blogging, and it does require some extra planning. One thing that you're going to have your students ask is how long do your posts have to be? I always told my students, I was never a big fan of giving them certain numbers of sentences, and I only used that in rare cases. I would often tell them that it needs to be long enough to cover the topic but short enough to stay interesting. And I would give them examples. I would show them, okay, does this cover the topic? Well, it tells you a little bit about it, but could they have gone into more detail? And then I'd also give them examples of posts that that ranted on and on and on about the same thing over and over, and it just wasn't interesting anymore. So you might want to consider showing students what a good, solid piece of writing looks like. And you already do that, I'm sure. And the last thing you need to consider when you're setting up your blogs is how will they be graded? You need to be very clear with your students. This may include setting up a rubric, and there are a number of different ways that you can set up those rubrics. And if you are setting up a rubric, you can set up a very general rubric, or you can set up a specific rubric according to different assignments. This is going to go back to how you set up your schedule. If you have them doing journals like reading logs or science logs, uh, then you might want to consider a generic rubric. So every single week, if you're having them post, you're not having to give them a new rubric every week. You have a very general rubric that they understand what you're looking for. But if you're doing assignment-based, then you may be creating a different rubric for each different assignment. Again, it's all in how you set it up. I have created a checklist for anyone who is thinking about setting up a blog in their classroom. You can find it by going to my website, www.aplusedtech.com. Once you're on A Plus Ed Tech, there is a page that's called Blogging in Any Classroom. That page outlines everything that I've been discussing in this podcast, uh, the Blogging Number One podcast, and then the next episode that I'll be doing, which will be Blogging Number Three, which will actually discuss how to get readers to your blogs, sharing your blogs, and different activities that you can be doing with your students in your classroom using your blogs.
If you'd like to get updates on my blog or my podcasts, or if you just want to say hey, you can follow me on Twitter at A plus EdTech.